Powered by Red Media in partnership with TSN, it is season five, and this is episode 26 of the Rain Breaks Hockey Podcast, and it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Uh, Ray, if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, I'm not saying you look a little disheveled. You just look busy. You look like you've had a lot of stuff going on this morning. Maybe there was not an incident, but a situation that developed at the hotel that has you a little bit distracted as we record here Friday morning. Well, I went down to get a, get some breakfast, amazing, uh, little breakfast spot next door. Um, and you know, been going there a couple of years and the, the manager of it, he's like, he's this awesome guy. He knows what's going, it's, I don't know. I just love going there. But on the way back, the elevators are broken in the hotel, Drake. So like, I'm in a little bit of a rush here. And um, so we're looking at a, I waited 15 minutes on the bottom floor. Uh, I'm on the 37th floor. So Hmm. when, when the elevator finally came down, it was like an explosion of humanity that came out of the elevator. <laughs> and everybody really in good spirits, you know, I, oh, I should yeah, say. I'm sure. And as we get in, this hotel's maintenance person says, hey, no more than 10 people in this elevator. It's going to mm. stop until we get it fixed. Wait so we're on like, yeah. yeah, we're on like the fourth floor. The 10th person gets in. Oh. And there was this woman and her daughter and Honestly, she should have been with hotel security because anytime we stopped, she would be like, nope, 10 people only. We're at limit. She wouldn't let one person in. Of course, the thing <laughs> stopped 15 times going up. But so I, I got a, I got a hat on because I, yeah, I didn't shower. I didn't, you know, no, I mean, just think I didn't put any effort in and no. that's how, and that's how you look. Oh, come on. Look at, I uh, had a nice shower yeah. this morning. I shaved for the podcast. You, you, you are I'm looking pretty sharp. You've got TV yeah. stuff later on, eh? Uh, no, as a matter of fact. I've got really? the podcast. Real, real efficient planning for this week going into the holiday weekend. Because I structured it so, did insider trading Thursday night. Right. A uh, bit of radio this Friday morning. The podcast. And then, poof, that's it. Nice. Nothing but vapors and dust. Until when? Um, uh, that's another good question. Probably the 27th, 28th. So it's a, yep. it's a good stretch. Mason Dreger is making his way home from Guelph, Ontario late this afternoon. And and so I've been what bragging the, up. What time's the get together? At the, uh, yeah, at the pro- oh, at the in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually Sunday. That's that's Christmas Eve. So okay. you know what we're gonna do though. When not necessarily when he arrives, we'll have a nice dinner, and then as uh, we're watching television, seeing what's going on, we're gonna tuck into the uh, the new release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. You've well, been maybe it all right, right. Yeah, maybe we can just stare at the empty bottle at our house. Well, <laughs> just, it's a it's a beautiful bottle. 15-year-old cherry cask. Well, and, and deservedly so. Um, yeah. For for those who haven't tried it, I, I mean, of course, as title sponsor, Canadian Club, we, we, we hit the product, right? Because right. it's fantastic. And we've had the privilege of going through the Chronicle series. But now this new invitation series is, is right up there or surpassed. We didn't know what to expect from the 15-year-old cherry cask. And it is delicious. So I'm going to read this because I, I kind of missed it earlier this week. We have to understand to appreciate the 15-year-old. 
It's the signature CC Classic grade, the 12-year-old whiskey, finished with a secondary aging in the of? Oloroso Sherry yeah. Cast. You betcha. <laughs> so there it. you go. So Mason Dreger, uh, like Matt and Landon, will we'll get a taste or two at some yeah. point. Not tonight, then perhaps later this weekend. You have to be looking forward to getting home, I'm thinking, right? Yeah, we got uh, last game of the Oilers trip through New York uh, tonight, and yeah. Friday night in the Garden always carries a little bit it extra does, juice. Yeah. And the fact that McDavid is here carries more juice. <laughs> the Rangers are among the league's very best teams. Um, they play really well at home. There's a, a great energy in the Garden, and yeah. I, tonight is going to be – I think it's going to be really fun. And then at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'm I'm on the way home and get home by 11. And um, same as you, I get nothing until the 28th. So looking forward to a nice family break. Our our son Landon is, uh, him and his wife are sitting on the couch right now, due on December 20th. So (laughs) expecting their first any moment now. So we're uh, we're all kind of waiting for that. Yeah, it's a great holiday edition here of the Rain Dregs podcast. By the way, I've got my Christmas Eve uh, photo gallery, right? The Backyard Rings Gallery. Yeah, so this is both a promotion, but also fair warning. Because not everybody loves the countless alerts mm-hmm. that come on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it. But I'll get to that early Christmas Eve morning. Um, full edition of Ask Rain Dregs today. Uh, anything. And of course, we'll get to headlines as part of this entire episode. Yep. Headlines on Rain Dregs podcast brought to you by Tim Hortons. And Tim Hortons has some tasty beverages and baked goods on the menu for the holidays. Big weekend ahead. Why not try their new non-alcoholic Bailey's flavored Tim Hortons classics like Bailey's Cream Coffee. So it's the classic taste of Tim's original blend coffee infused with a flavor of Bailey's and cream. Wide variety of holiday drinks and baked goods available. You know it well, only at Mm. Tim's. All right, why don't we start um, with the debacle that was Buffalo-Toronto. Well, yeah, yeah, there were a couple. (laughs) Buffalo-Toronto was, uh, that was a a fugly game all around. Um, You know, so look, we're not going to go through it all. I mean, Buffalo bounced back. They needed that game more than anything. They found a way to bury the Maple Leafs. But let me ask you this. Um, Goaltending a problem or a crisis now in Toronto with Joe Wool out until at least early February? Well, I'm going to say it's a crisis because you got to get through the next month and a half. Mm-hmm. And when Joe Wool comes back, um, you know, I, I don't know at what level people expect him to play at. Yeah. As opposed to what's required because, they, you know, they're going to need him to be really good. Now, the Leafs have outscored a bunch of their problems and played well enough with a defense that was banged up. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought they did a really good job, and they're, you know, they they sit second in their division, and but the issue is you, you're going to need 15 or 17 games in goal here, yeah. Between now and then, the one thing that Samsonov does um, that I, I bothers me uh, as an observer, um, and I think it would bother the players, um, is 
he keeps talking himself down in the media about yeah. how he feels so lousy. Jack Campbell did it a lot. Did the and, same thing. And yeah. I, I think you're, you know, they, they all have, you know, a multitude of coaches around, a goalie coach, a uh, uh, mental, mental training coach. You would think at some point somebody would get to them and say, hey, just lighten up. Yeah. Just stop the puck. Don't say you feel lousy. When somebody asks you how you're feeling, tell them you feel fine. Move yeah. on. Because if there's one position that the team can't be nervous about, it's the goalie. Yeah. And if the goalie is nervous about the goalie, then you got problems. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, I'm not I'm not to nitpick on any, you know, I guess I am nitpicking, but when asked why it was Samson off in goal in Buffalo and Sheldon Keefe said, well, he's got to play sometime. Like, yeah. there's a whole shakiness to the whole thing with Samsonov. And how is it ever, it's not just going to turn. It's not just going to be that he's Marty Brodeur all of a sudden. And you don't need him to be. What he, what he needs to do is believe in himself, play one good period, then go back to the locker room yeah. and forget it. And then play one good period. Because yeah. right now it doesn't seem like he's capable of that. And then if you get where you're, you know, like, do you think Marty Jones is going to run 15 straight games for no, him? No, he can't. He can't. He can't. No. And so it is a crisis for them. The problem is, what do you do about it? Yeah. Like, do you think this are you market go doesn't even want him back in the net? Right. I mean, that's that's a that's an emotional maybe overreaction. Yeah. But they're <clears throat> you know they were talking last night. There's talk this morning. You know, put them on waivers, send them the American, and then what? <laughs> well, okay. When I first started on on radio, when I was just retiring, the Daniel and Henrik Sedin were just kind of coming into the league and feeling their way. And so I was doing radio in Vancouver. And after a game, this caller calls in and says, it's a joke. The Sedins are on the power play. You should take them off. And so I, I mean, I was new at it. I, you know, I was a little more combative back then. And I, <laughs> okay. I said, okay, so you take them off the power play. Who are you going to put on? He goes, well, I don't know. And I go, well, now you're shorthanded. So like <laughs> you can send Samson off through waivers if you want. Yeah. Yeah. He'll probably clear because nobody has three and a half or 3.25 in cap room. But then what do you do? Yeah. Like you need another goalie. The goalies yeah. that you hear and drag, you know better than anybody, the goalies that are available. Yeah. Do you think the price is going down on those guys? No, no. Because I'm in New Jersey last night. Ay, ay, ay. They started Akira Schmidt. He lasted five shots for two goals. They brought in Vitek Vanacek. They were chanting his name in the second period, <laughs> booing him in the third period. If, if they had a third goalie, they would have put him in. <laughs> Carolina's got the worst goaltending in the league, although Kachetkov's on a five-game nice little run. The Oilers look – I mean, they could use another one. Sure. Like the, yeah. So you're, you're talking about four goalies that are available and about seven teams that could use one. The price goes up. Wild. And do you want that for somebody that's going to wear a ball hat half the time? Yeah. Like, like it's a, it is an impossible place to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, you know, we won't belabor it uh, because certainly again, the Toronto market has done more than that. I was surprised that Sheldon left him in as long as he did. 
Yeah, I, I hear you, Drake's the, um, you know, was it five that he gave up and didn't look particularly yeah. good as he was, yeah. um, as he was giving them up. I mean, sometimes a guy gives up five goals and you're like, man, yeah. you could have two goalies in net and they weren't going to stop that. But there, there is a, there is a clear crisis of confidence yeah. uh, in Samsonov himself, but yeah. also in the way that the team plays around him there. Man, I've been on that bench when when somebody will say, and it might have been me at times, just stop one of them. Just yeah, one of them. Yeah. So you, you know, understand that in saying that, because the team deflated. Like, they were yeah. lousy defensively after, oh, I don't know, third goal for sure. But the game was still there. It was still a winnable game yeah. for the offense of the Maple Leafs, and then they just essentially gave up. It. The air gets pulled out of you in a game. It's hard to get it back. And so, like, just to, you know, maybe flip over just quickly to the Oilers. So, yeah, they came out and they were on fire last night. They looked amazing. They're up 2 nothing six minutes into the game. Jersey pulls the goalie. After two periods, it's 3-2 New Jersey. Yeah. And, like, the Oilers had just come off a loss and, you know, three straight losses. And that's a, you know, a tipping point type of moment. Yeah, yeah. And so what they did was really impressive, and that is to get the game back. Like when the air is out of your game, it's hard to get it back. And they scored three goals in I think a minute eight. And all of a sudden they got the lead. The Devils are reeling. They win the game. Yeah. Now they go into New York. They feel good about themselves. When the Leafs win a lot of nights – you, you can't say you feel really great about that. They, they've, they've won some funny games. They've, they've got kind of an odd record, you know, because of it, a good record, but an odd one. Mm -hmm. And it, it all comes back. uh, I I say quite frequently, you don't need the best goaltending. Yeah. You just can't have the worst. And that was pretty lousy last night for Toronto. And there is no easy answer. Let's revisit the Tim Hortons headlines from Wednesday when we ran the soundbite from Devon Taves of the Colorado mm-hmm. Avalanche. Very critical of their play. He didn't identify the individual players, but he made it abundantly clear what had to happen, right? Things had to change. So I'm calling it Devon intervention because nice. the message was <laughs> the message was received last night against <clears throat> the Ottawa Senators. That was a slow start, granted, right? Like Ottawa had a two-goal lead at one point before, boom. You know, here goes Nate McKinnon on a five-pointer. Mika Rantanen was was Mika Rantanen, as he often is in that game. And they punted the Ottawa Senators in that third period. So how much of the response from the Colorado Avalanche kind of does go hand-in-hand hand with the message that Taves delivered? Well, on Wednesday, like, I, I thought it was important that that – that type of message came from Taves and not from Nate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. You know, Nate's emotional and Taves is not. He does not say a lot. And so when somebody like that says something, it it carries great weight. It really does. Um, was that the reason they had a great third period? Probably not. But that that team, it's funny. Like, they're really agitated there. <laughs> like, they're itchy. And... They got a really good record. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, 
they're a good team. Yet something's not quite final there yet. They'll make some moves. They will for sure. Um, but I, I found, you know, of course it's a talking point and people talking, you know, is it good or bad that Taves said what he did or didn't? And so he blew off some frustration. If yeah. somebody got their feelings hurt, boo hoo, like suck it up. Yeah. If you, you know, if you're one of the guys that he's talking about, <laughs> you really do. Yeah. And so two things happen. You're kind of pissed off at him for saying it. And two, you go, well, I'll show you. Yeah. Like, I'll fix this, which is really the intent of it. But don't we talk about accountability and holding people to account? And, mm-hmm. well, that's what he did. Yeah. And then the other thing that happens is Devon Tabe says to himself, you better be good tonight. Yeah. And most nights, Devon Tabe's is better than good. Yeah. You mentioned this on Wednesday, uh, and you just allude to it here. You know that Colorado is is going to add something. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, you connected the dots to Elias Lindholm, um, which, by the way, Pierre Lebrun obviously copycatted you in insider <laughs> trading on Thursday because he talked about Colorado <laughs> and, and Elias Lindholm and, and Boston yeah, should have interest uh, because he's a quality two-center. Maybe Lindholm was paying attention to us this week. Of course, tongue-in-cheek, I say that he isn't. Um, goal and a couple of assists as Calgary wins their third straight. In this case, 3 nothing over the Ducks. Good sign. Markstrom was, was solid in that hockey yep. game. But if Calgary is going to recognize and realize what they need to out of a blue-chip piece like Lindholm, need to see more of what we saw last night, right? Like just... He, he's kind of had a slowish start to the year. And if to get the numbers that he wants contractually from anyone, he's got to provide the offense that he did last night and the leadership that he did. Yeah, but you know what? That's There's two parts to this equation. If Calgary's going to realize a great return, I don't think it really matters how Lindholm plays. I, I think you have two teams, three teams that are really interested. Yeah. They already know that he's a really good player. They probably all suspect that when he gets to a new destination, it's going to be a bit of a springboard for him. There'll be more energy. It'll be new. It'll be fresh. Um, The contractual stuff, uh, yeah, better numbers are going to put more dimes in your pocket. (laughs) And eight goals on the year for him is not enough. He's he's an. I, I think he's an excellent player. I really do. I think he is. I think he's the type of player that can help turn a team's fortunes. Yeah. He's miscast as a number one center, but as a two, oh boy, I think he's, he's terrific. Nice. Now, so say you're, now you're Craig Conroy. I'm going to stick you in, in Craig's chair. Mm-hmm. And Zadorov asked to be moved. He gets traded. There's all kinds of talk about Hannafin and Tanev and Lindholm. Craig Conroy went through the Johnny Goodrow stuff a couple years ago and said, that will not happen to him again yeah. Be- because of how devastating it was when they lost Goudreau for nothing. But now the Flames are three points out of the wild card. What do you do? What do you do? I, I, you know, again, it's too early. I think if you get into late January, early February, mm-hmm. you go to Newport Sports, who represents Lindholm, and you, you put your best deal on the table. And say, this is it, either sign it or we got to move you. That's it, yeah. Because when you move a piece like this, you know this. I mean, 
as soon as Lindholm leaves Calgary, Calgary's looking for something. <laughs> you know, like it, it happens all the time. Um, but you can't blow your brains out on a player that maybe doesn't want to be there and is making it clear he doesn't want to be there just by not being fair in the negotiation. But he's earned what he's earned as an unrestricted yeah. free agent, so we'll see how it plays And out. the other guy into that conversational throw was Hannafin, more than any, anybody, more than Tanev, yeah. because he, he turned down the eight years and the $60 million. That'd so, be enough for me. I'd be, I'd be I, we're not putting 60 schmill back on the table in Calgary. Right, yeah. and... Yet the longer they hang on to Hannafin, yeah, his trade price is not going down. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, just a thought as we back up to uh, the Colorado game. The Senators, Ray, are 1-8 since bringing Jacques Martin first in to advise mm-hmm. DJ Smith. And now, obviously, he is the interim head coach of the Ottawa Senators. What does that tell you? I, You know, a couple of games now. They've allowed that third period to go astray. <clears throat> They've given up the game, really. So does it tell you that the general manager, whether it's Steve Stales or it's Ryan Bonus or it's somebody else, has realized the makeup of this club, the roster needs more attention, or too soon to say? Well, I don't know if anything in the last couple of games should tell you that. It should be beforehand. Um, you know, they... There's always an argument on both sides of the ledger. They don't have Shabbat. They don't have Pinto. They haven't had their top three centers together. There's, uh, you know, a bunch of those young guys had really good years last year. Oftentimes, uh, there's a setback year before they take off again. All those things are probably true. Their goaltending is they've never fixed it. They've never fixed it. And so all those things add up to a team that's a mediocre team. So what what I hear about, you know, fixing it. I'm just let me just check here. Yeah. What what do what do they have for points? They got 22 points. Yeah. Like the season, <laughs> the season is gone. Like I, when I hear somebody say, "Oh yeah," but when Craig Berube took over in St. Louis, they won the Stanley Cup in 2019. You mean to tell me you're comparing that Blues team that was in last place with this Senators team? There's nothing the same except all the guys have feet. Like there's nothing the same. So the season is gone. The so hold on. Would you just pull in and just say, okay, we're not going to fix it. We're, yes. we're going to give our young players the opportunity, meaningful minutes to further develop and all that. They're going to feel it, but that's part of growth. And if we get another great draft pick because it was a season of disappointment, well, then in the long term, that's a good thing. What what I think I would do is uh, the deadline's what, March the 4th or something Eighth. like that? March 8th. 8th? Yeah. Okay, so from here until the end of February, I'm running a full-time evaluation on everybody that steps on the ice. And I am mm. determining two sides of a ledger. I'm keeping or I'm not. But everybody is going to play and everybody is going to get the chance to show what they are at this point. And if, because the team is flawed, like, you know, there, most teams are, but you have to, you identify your flaws between now and then. And at some point you're going to have to hire a general manager. It's an unfortunate circumstance, but interim here, interim there, it, it, it unsettles the waters everywhere. Yeah. Because everybody is talking about, whether you believe it or not, the players go to dinner and they're like, 
hey, who do you think the coach is going to be next year? Who do you think the GM is going to be? Is Steve going to be the GM or is there going to be somebody else? There are hard things for management to sort. But from now until then, you have to evaluate your players. And if you think this guy's part of the solution going forward, then you're going to keep him. If you're like, you know what, we can upgrade that position by trading one of our multitude of draft picks along with this player for a player that's already in the league that's ready to help mm. our team, then maybe you start doing that. Like you, you can't keep building for tomorrow and accumulating assets that are going to help you three to five years from now. Yeah. Eventually, you have to turn inward a bit. And quite frankly, if, if had they taken over in July or in June, say, of last year, they wouldn't be in this position. Right. Because they would have had a full-time yeah. GM. Yeah. They likely would have had a new coach. And they would be on the first year of a path. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not there yet. All right, let's wrap up the Tim Hortons headlines with a positive. Sidney Crosby scores oh, his man. 19th of the season. He's top five in goals in the NHL, as we record here uh, on Friday, and scored the lone goal in the shootout to give the Penguins the win last night. 36 years old, Raymond, and this guy is still a game-breaker. What a nifty goal that was, just that vintage deflection as he's coming across. Uh, I just... <clears throat> I'm just so impressed that at his age, there's, I guess there's a drop-off of some sort, but there's no real apparent drop-off when you watch him play with the desire and energy and work ethic. It's it's all really admirable. Like, I, I, I watch him. We do a lot of Penguins games, and I'm like, damn, he's like, he doesn't have it tonight, but, geez, he's good. <laughs> like, you, you know, like he, there's, I, I just, I, I watch him and I'm like, if you were a young player and you're looking at great players around the league, yeah, you should, he's retired. You can't look at Patrice Bergeron anymore. You should look at Sidney Crosby and go, mm. what could I take from him? Yeah. And it would be how hard he works. You can watch that guy at practice and it's crazy how hard he works. As somebody was telling me the other day about McDavid at practice, and they're like, you can't believe how hard he works. Yeah. Like these great players don't just get there. <laughs> and so at his age to have 19 goals already, and he, he keeps changing his game a little bit. He's less off the rush now. You talk about his deflection. He's more around the front of the net. Like he's so smart about recognizing what's the best parts of his game. And, Man, those those people in Pittsburgh are, have been so blessed. Oh man, to you know, to go from Mario to go to Sid, it's it's just uh, it's a remarkable line of of talent, skill, and and championship pedigree. Headlines. Thank you to Tim Hortons. Tim's new non-alcoholic Bailey's flavored holiday menu. Enjoy the classic taste of the holidays anytime with a creamy Bailey's flavored latte. Celebrate the season with the taste of the holidays with Tim's new non-alcoholic Baileys-flavored holiday menu. Our interviews on Ray and Dregs brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. CC's 15-year-old Sherry Cask, all the hallmarks of classic Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. 
Ask Ray and Driggs anything. We've got time for a mitt full of questions today. You can fire your questions to us on Instagram and on X Twitter at Ray and Driggs or on the website, rayandriggs.com. You like saying, sorry, you like saying X Twitter, don't you? Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I it's, it it's X, but I still, you know, I work, it's Twitter. I don't, I don't know. Is it, what is it? What do you say? X or yeah, nothing? I, I call tweeted. it Twitter actually, yeah. because okay. Like everything else, I'm a half a step behind, you know? <laughs> okay, Scott Bell, bit of a snarky question. It's, you know, it's it's this part of Canada versus that part of Canada, which wherever you live, right? It's the east versus the west. So Scott Bell asks, what do the Winnipeg Jets have to do to get acknowledged as the deepest team in Canada? Uh, I don't know. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he, Scott is telling us, "Damn it, the Jets are the deepest team in Canada." Well, I I, I don't know. Like we we had Josh Morrissey on, yeah, right. Yeah. He yeah. he talked about it. I mean, I I think we gave the Jets a a little bit of love there. I do think if he would do it, and I, you know, maybe I should mention this to you off the air, but man, it would be <laughs> great to get Rick Bonus on. Yeah, of course. Be, he's he's. A, He's done an amazing job there yeah. under yeah. not easy circumstance. And I'm not talking about his personal life, but how in the, you know, they decided they had to move on from Wheeler. They, they, you know, the leadership, he, he came out last year and, you know, he booted the team in the rear end. It, yeah. And, but clearly the players like him because he didn't lose anybody. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's really, it's really impressive what, Winnipeg's doing in a in not an easy division, right? Like that's not that, that like every time they win, they move up a spot. Every time they lose, they move down three, and yeah. it's like so now they're a point behind uh, Dallas and Colorado, and they got to get a couple of games in hand. They're they're an excellent team. They're they're also not an easy team. Yeah, they're not they're not an easy team. They're a little bit LA ish, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting since they made the trade with LA and picked up three guys from LA and really good who are really good. And the other side of that is if anybody finds PL Dubois pretty soon, they should probably point him to the Kings because he's had a, the Kings have had a great, great first part of the season and he is not. Yeah. He really has not. Okay. uh, Next question from Robert. Ray, ever been on a team with a star who's struggling like a Huberto in Calgary? And any advice on how Jonathan Huberto may turn his game around? Nothing like this. Like, I, I mean, he has fallen off the planet. Yeah. It, it really is amazing to watch somebody as skilled and talented and he's got good size and, and he's just lost it. Yeah, and looks like it. If you if you think self narrative doesn't matter, I, I'm telling you, you're 100 percent wrong. Because no matter what any coach tells him, he thinks he stinks. Yeah, and and I can only talk of of my own personal, you know, experience. The harder you get on yourself, the, like the more critical you get of your game, the worse it gets. You can't mm. tell yourself try harder. No, actually, the best advice is to try less. 
I know that's counterintuitive. Try less. Just go play. Don't think. You know what the systems are. Don't even think about them because you already know them. Just react. Hockey is a game of read and react. Um, for, what was it, 12 games, Leon Dreisaitl had one goal, five on five. He scored the other night in Long Island. Scored a, he didn't have a great game yesterday. He gets one chance, boom, it's in the back of the net. He's about ready to go on a run. <laughs> like it, You can just see it in his body language. Yeah. Huberto can't get out of the starting blocks. And I think part of it is he's tried so hard. He's now, you can see it in his body language. He's kind of sagged. Yeah. You have to remember two years ago, you had a hundred points. I know. Be, I know. Because uh, I, I don't think they know the right centerman to play with him. I don't think they know where to use him. And man, oh man, he is a, a shadow of his former self. Yeah. I mean, Calgary to start this year was begging, begging for him to be a point per game player. Right. He, right. he didn't have to get the lofty points that he did with Barkov in Florida, but just right. get back to somewhere a point per game. And it's just not there. Uh, I think Greg Payne, who sends us a question, it's more of a statement than a question, but I think he's ripping you off here, Ray, because Greg says, make the blue line the same thickness as the goal line, less offside calls and fewer reviews. Yep, we've talked about that. Yeah. I, 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 <clears throat> I hate when a goal gets called back 27 seconds after they enter the line mm -hmm. and the linesmen go over to put the headset on. And they're looking at something that's not really in the spirit of the rule. Right. It's, I mean, you're looking at it to the most finite of details. And I always go back to this argument. Say in a game, there's a three on two and they blow the offside down. Yeah. You know, it's offside. But it's so close. And it happens a lot. There's no review for that. No. You don't get the three on two back. So now we're by the, you know, the, the width of your finger, somebody's offside. Yeah. And, and that takes a goal off the board. I just, I, I, I understand why they went to it, but they brought in a whole host of problems with this review. I agree. I agree. Uh, James on X, how much longer is the leash in Columbus? They've drafted high. They've spent lots of money. You've got all of the drama. And, and I assume James is reminding us of the Mike Babcock situation prior to the start of the year. Uh, seems like their leash is longer than most. And by leash, it's patience or loyalty of ownership, right? I mm -hmm. mean, Yarmo Kekalainen had a short leash when it came to coaching. I mean, there's been changes there. Uh, so... If anyone is in the crosshairs, it's pretty obvious. It's Yarmo Kekalainen. And then maybe by extension, if you want to go higher up the food chain, it's it's John Davidson. Beyond that, where's the leash? I mean, you can't take yeah. it out on Pascal <clears throat> Vincent again. I mean, this guy inherited a bit of a mess. Oh, he inherited a massive mess. Here's your first NHL coaching job, and it's, you know, there's stuff flying all over the place. Um, it feels to me like, they need a complete refresh. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I hate saying that because they fought through some pretty turbulent times and put some really good teams together mm -hmm. in Columbus. They really have. But it feels like they got a bunch of young guys there that 
are probably pretty close to being good players. Like Chinikov, he's a good player. Johnson's yeah. a good player. Fantilli's a good player. Marchenko's a good player. Voronkov's a monster. Like they, they've got some players. Uh, Warensky's really good. Do, do they need a completely different look at all of it? Yeah. And that's something ownership's got to decide. But Yarmo's been there 10, 11 years now, Drake's, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like sometimes you, I don't know, I hate, I hate thinking it, but sometimes you just have to change the page. Yeah. That's what it feels like in Columbus to me. Yeah. You know, we talked about Lindholm earlier in relating to Colorado and Boston. Um, there's been internal conversation, I know, in Columbus about mm. taking a crack at, at Lindholm. The difference in Columbus would be, you know, if you're Colorado, you can look at Lindholm as a rental. Boston would probably do the mm. same thing, right? Columbus, if they're acquiring him, would, would probably want to extend him to, to build into something better. And it well, a rental there makes no sense. No sense. And it, it just doesn't seem likely that Lindholm is going to extend with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, so. it, would, it would depend how what kind of salesman is Johnny Goudreau. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe the opposite. Maybe Goudreau is telling the Blue Jackets, right, don't right, bother because right. he's not going to extend here. Right. I know the guy well. All right. A uh, couple of Christmas related. Oh, things. good. No, you know what? Hold on. One more hockey related. Uh, yeah. And then we'll, we'll get into the Christmas stuff. Uh, from Alex Grunig. Ray, what would you give up career-wise to be able to play for any one of your childhood teams for one season? Who's your childhood team first? Oh, the Bruins. Okay. Bruins. Okay. Um, was there ever a chance? Sorry, was there ever no. a chance where you, Do you I, could have ended up in Boston? I, I'm five foot nine, playing in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. Do you think the Bruins were looking for a centerman of that well, hold size? On. Look at There's Pooley, Dave Poolin. He's not much bigger than you. No, nah, but it, that wasn't going to happen. Pooley could play. Yeah, Pooley could good. play. Man, well, he was so a pain. You. He Pooley was, was a pain in the ass. Yeah, he was a pain in the ass. He was never out of position. He was always in, in the way. He was like, you know, um, what would I give up? Uh, it would have to be games, right, or a year or two of your. Career. Yeah, no, what else I, are you going to give up? You're not giving up your four hundred and eight goals, or no? I, you know what? I, I nothing really. Be, and the reason yeah. I say that is because the road took me to some interesting and odd places. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go back and spend two and a half years in Atlanta again. I mean, like, <laughs> so there no you fun. go. I'll give up those two and a half years in Atlanta. <laughs> Except if I got to be honest, that was, those were the two years I made the most money. Yeah. So I had a lot of fun aside and, from and the I losing met some part great, of it. And yeah. met some great yeah. lifelong friends. Yeah. So yeah. the, the answers, I, I just, I guess I wouldn't, um, uh, the only regret I have, honestly, in my career were the days, and there were more than 10, less than a thousand, but more than 10, mm -hmm. of when I went to the rink and I was pissed off at everything, that I hated the coach, I didn't like the line I was on or the way I was being used, and it affected the way that I approached that day. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that you can't have frustration, but I pissed away the day 
Mm-hmm. And I'd like to have not my whole career back, but I'd like to have those days back so that I would have approached it a little differently. Had a little more, just work, go work, mm. go have some fun, have lunch with the guys after and just let it go. Because you can't, what are you going to do? You're going to be grumpy all practice. The only thing that I found that happened was the other guys laughed at it. And they're like, well, what is that guy's a, a lunatic? What's he doing? Yeah. See, you need to write that, that letter to the Players' Tribune, right? Ray Ferraro mm. writes a letter to his younger self. Nobody's asked, but boy, it would be... Uh, do it. We'll post it. Yep. Be fantastic. Yeah, post it on the Randreggs podcast. I could do that. I, yeah, dude, maybe I should. I've homers them. Yeah. I like it because you do get philosophical, but that comes with age, and that comes yeah. with the work that you've done, and that comes from having a, a great partner and Cami to help you along yeah. the way. It, it it really does, and yeah. I just look at that and I go, "Damn, it would have been amazing to approach those days differently." Like people can say like, oh, I wish I would have won a Stanley Cup. Well, of course. Yeah, Who does thanks, it? yeah. Yeah, you know, but like, of course, but that's not a regret. I mean, no. I did what I could. I I left the game proud of what I was able to play like for as long as I did. But, man, there's a couple hundred days in there that I would I would like to, to re-scrub. Well, now, Alex said play for any one of your childhood teams he didn't say nhl teams what if it's the boston red sox oh geez I would. <laughs> second base lead off for the red sox now you're getting somewhere i'll now. give it all away <laughs> oh i would have loved to have, well i would have loved to have hit one off the monster and trot into second base that would have been awesome and, and at the time i mean what three years in major league baseball you probably made your entire career would have done just fine baseball. yeah oh that's that's it right there that's <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> All right. Uh, final Ask Ray and Dregs. Anything question, episode 26. From Chris in Kelowna, who is asking two things. Your favorite Christmas movie. Well, our favorite Christmas movie. And our favorite Christmas song. Hmm. Do you have a oh. Christmas movie right away? Yeah, instantly. Okay, what is it? Home Alone. <laughs> that is that is pretty damn good, isn't it? Anything that makes you laugh, like I'm not a sappy guy when I watch a movie. I want to. It's either an action movie where it gets the blood pumping a little bit, or I want to laugh. Okay, <laughs> maybe not surprisingly, I love The Grinch. <laughs> I know that's not really a movie, but I just when the dog jumps up on the back of the sled. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm like, oh my God, I just love that. Um, I, I mean, I, I think you probably equate a lot of it to when you were a kid, right? Sure. Yeah. So I liked all those cartoons more than I liked Christmas movies. Okay. Per, yeah. per se. Like, you know, I liked Rudolph, although Rudolph. I, I think Rudolph should have told, I think Rudolph should have told Santa to go to hell. He treated him like <laughs> crap for forever and, he was a mule now, he wasn't a reindeer <laughs> and it's like oh now you now you need me to to lead the sleigh eh? okay yeah. santa i get yeah. it but i you know i like that christmas song um anything michael buble sings oh i i i love his we have his christmas album you know i've got it on my spotify account and i like that's on all the time i Holly Gregor spoiled me from, from Christmas music. Who, who did? Holly. Every time I get in her vehicle, it's like cranked. 
and you you know from and, when and November the, the yeah it's pretty early you walk into the house and the Christmas carols are just going. Here's a quick so question. Get, oh yeah, all right, because I, 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 and I, we got to wrap up here, but I just got derailed. I was having lunch with my buddies on Wednesday, right? Okay, just the the local pub. Uh, three carolers walked into the pub and hmm. did two Christmas carols and then walked around with, you know, a, a pot Tip. for donations. Yep. Yep. Uh, it was a little off putting. I, I mean, they, the carols were beautiful. I just felt like, eh, you know, you want to do that outside and I'm walking in. Of course, I'm going to give you a donation because chances are it's going into a good hmm. place. But when you come into the facility, now I'm feeling like you're forcing me. I don't have a decision to make here. So uh, they played two songs. I said, here's 20 bucks and I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure they, I'm sure they appreciated your warmness. <laughs> so sorry, what was your, anything Michael Bublé sings? Yeah, yeah, I just, I just. Okay. It, like I, I can't even, I don't, I love Christmas music. I, yeah. I really do. And I think he's. He's really, really awesome at it. Like he, yeah. of all the things he's great at, I think he is. His his voice just suits it. He's doing really podcasts well. now. You see that? Yep. Like I'm seeing yep. him being promoted and whatnot. So yep. He uh, he just made some kind of bet with uh, Thatcher Demko that he can score on a breakaway with him. Oh please! Uh, and I, and I, I the bet is that if 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 he scores, Demko's got to get on stage with them at a concert and sing. And that's awesome. And Demko's like, whether I'm lousy or not, who cares? That would be amazing. <laughs> he is an entertaining dude, Michael Bublé. I won't tell it now because we're out of time, but I've got a story with him way back in the day at an all-star that was ridiculous. Awesome. Anyway. All right. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie, Home Alone and Christmas Song, I said I'm not very sappy, but this one gets me all the time. Mary, did you know? Oh. Mary, did you know? Remember? Does it sound like that? <laughs> very similar. Yeah. It's the same but different? <laughs> yeah. See, you got me in the in the spirit now with the Michael Bublé and Thatcher Demko going on stage. <laughs> I, I think you could do that. I, I Way back in the day, Brad Delgarno, who was a winger with the Islanders. Yeah. Garth Brooks came to the Nassau Coliseum and he got to get up on stage and play. Yeah. Like what Jeez. a thrill. Like that must have been. And so I, I told him that, yeah, you know, I'm a big Billy Joel fan. And, you know, because Brad brought his his guitar to the concert yeah. and, you know, met him backstage. That's how he got up there. I said, yeah, I brought my piano down. and Billy didn't have me up on stage. And he's like, what? I'm like, I can't play the piano. Like, what do you think? I lugged the piano down to the dressing room. Oh, like, uh, All right, buddy. Well, you've got uh, one more game as we record yep. here on Friday. Uh, fun one. Big one tonight. And then you're yep. uh, heading west, going back yep. and spend some quality time with the family. I am. And um, um, looking forward to a little bit of a break here. I think mm -hmm. everyone that's around the hockey world is looking looking for that break as well. And yeah. uh, I hope everybody has a, a great holiday, gets to spend it with their family and friends and those you want to. And um, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody that 
listens to our pod and uh, uh, I hope, I hope the holiday season is great. And thank you to our sponsors, Ray, who continue to support us. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, Tim Hortons. And as always, thank you for listening, for sharing, for rating the podcast. And you got to follow us on the Ray and Dregs YouTube channel just mm-hmm. to get a look at the toot that Ray Ferraro is wearing. Oh, I think I look great today. Voice. You look I think fabulous. I, look, I think I look young and, well, yeah, sport, you know, sport athletic. I, I, yeah. I like it. It's a good look. Let's get Ryan Rashog on this for merchandise, and, and maybe we'll have that type of toque available by all. Well, he's supposed to be listening, but he's probably yeah. asleep. You know. <laughs> all right, until next time, stay safe, and happy holidays, everybody.